Everybody, welcome to another conversation with the Three Geeks podcast today. I am honored to welcome Ernie O'Donnell onto the show. Ernie, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. A little, uh, little exhausted after a few months of work, but uh, I'm doing well. Awesome. Um, so you have the hundred acres of hell in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, the horror movie I uh, star and produced with my buddy Jason Kerner and Ed McKeever and uh, Gene Snitsky. Yeah. So nice. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, that started. Ooh, that process started in 2015, I believe. Uh, it took us a while to get it to get it going, to get it made. We finally uh, got over got over all those independent hurdles, as everybody knows how tough it is to get a movie made. Uh, we called in tons of favors, and uh, we got her done. We filmed her in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and uh, it actually, a lot of the comments we got was people were curious. They were like, well, how much money did you spend? And we, you know, we don't like to throw that number around. It's really not a big, not really for anybody to know. I mean, it doesn't matter what you spend on a movie as long mm -hmm. as it looks good. Yeah. Uh, but there a lot of comments we got was you guys must have spent a million dollars. And we spent no way near that. Not even, not even in that realm. And uh, it's all because of the, the great team we had around us and a lot of favors. I mean, geez, we had a, we had a helicopter flying in in, in, a, in the scene with Gene Snitsky and uh, aerial views and all that kind of stuff. People were so great in Pennsylvania and New Jersey to give us their location and lands for nothing just to be a part of the film. I mean, it's kind of cool when you say, hey, I want to make a horror movie in, in your backyard or in your, your woods or at your store. A lot of people surprisingly said yes. You know, it was it was pretty cool. But uh, I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was the first time I ever really got to uh, produce a full-length feature. And I, that's where I kind of got my feet wet a little bit. I did a little bit of the co-directing on a couple scenes. Not a lot, but just some of the second unit stuff. Um, but I, I really dug the behind-the-scenes uh, kind of stuff. I mean, I've been in front of the camera with Kevin and some other people for years, but it's surprisingly how much knowledge you absorb without even knowing it, like being on the set, you know, with Kevin and, and doing tons and tons of years of background. I mean, I did 30 films just in background. Uh, mm. So when people say to me, oh, they, you know, background sucks and they complain and the, the difference is that's a teaching platform for people. I mean, you need to sit there and absorb and listen and watch whatever you can because uh, surprisingly it comes in handy when if you decide to make your own feature or TV show or any kind of production like that. Uh, all that stuff is invaluable. I mean, school teaches you a lot, but on the ground training is, is you know, the best way to go. And, uh, you know, 100 Acres of Hell really kicked the shit out of all of us when it came to making a film because it was tough, but uh, we persevered and it's out now on 
over 20 platforms and uh, it's doing really well right now it's breaking over in the into europe and china and stuff slowly the the pandemic has been uh put the brakes on a little bit for the overseas stuff but it's it's taken off it's uh, we're really proud of it it's got a lot of great reviews and uh we've won multiple awards through a bunch of festivals so it's, it's a great project i'm very proud of it do you find working with a smaller budget that you get more creative with you know figuring out how to make certain things work because it's easy to say let's just cgi this and move on but do you find that it's more creative for you to have no, the but, budget most mo well not ha listen, not having the budget yes makes you have to uh be creative and step out of the box now in what i do i'm a carpenter i've been a carpenter for 30 years uh so i think out of the box as it is when i'm building things and and, uh, you know, I do, you know, a lot of displays I've done through Planet Hollywood, Motown, and obviously at the Secret Stash. So you got to get creative. So in the independent film realm, when you don't have a lot of money, you need to figure out how to make something with nothing. And that's where the art comes in and the creativity. And if you have that million or two million or $10 million budget, a hundred million, I mean, Avengers, you can do anything you want. I mean, there's no limit. <laughs> yeah. Today. So, I mean, as great as those films are, they have it, you know, a little easier than the independent people. Because those are the ones that really got to use their brains and, and figure out how to make a car blow up without it really blowing up. Uh, you know, or kill somebody with blood, with blood and, and uh, try to make it practical opposed to digital. I'm not a big fan of digital, uh, like, effects as far as, you know, when it comes to a horror movie. Uh, other stuff, and like, Avengers and things like that I can deal with, but uh, when it comes to a horror movie, I, I'm old school, man. I, li I like the practical effects, and uh, you know, I'm all about independent, but I will not turn down a big, huge blockbuster for whatever comes my way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a quick question being the wrestling nerd here in yes. this uh, setup. Oh, I love wrestling. All right, how was it working with Gene Snitsky? Painful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't know uh, his own strength on set. Is that what you're saying? God, no. He he is a he is a big big man. I mean, I've had the opportunity. I I'm an old school wrestling fan. I'm a child of the '70s, the '80s, yeah. a little bit of the early '90s, and then I kind of I kind of got away from it once. I'm gonna say once The Rock and Stone Cold kind of exited, mm -hmm. I was pretty much done because then it got too I don't know too soap opera too. I don't know. It was just too much for me. Only time I came back was when I heard when Flair was doing something and when Hogan came back for a little bit. Then I kind of watched a little bit. But other than that, I'm an old school kind of guy. But as far as Gene on set, uh, a trooper as far as really trying to get things done proper as far as the fight scenes go. And he was always asking questions about Am I doing a good job as far as acting and things like that? Because he wasn't too sure. And he would come to me. And to me, I w it felt kind of weird because, I mean, uh, listen, I mean, I consider myself an okay actor. I don't, you know, I'm no uh, Dustin Hoffman or anything like that. But I told him, you know, I didn't want to critique him too much to make him nervous, just to be him. Because he was, we, you know, he was doing really well. But as far as uh experiencing certain uh strengths of genes <laughs> i would say there was two instances he was very um 
anytime he'd meet you on set, he's he would grab you, but you know, he'd do that handshake where he grabs your your forearm <laughs> and he he yanks you towards you and grabs you and hugs you. Now, the first time he did that to me, he dislocated my shoulder. Oh, wow. Yes. And I, I was like, and I just had it reset a couple of weeks ago because it popped out at work uh, and I had it reset. And then we went filming a few weeks later and he grabbed me and he pulled me and, and it just went pop. And I was like, you motherfucker. I mean, I was like, God, he goes, what, man? Well, what's up, dude? What's up, Briz? And I was like, you just pulled my shoulder out, man. I mean, so that whole day of shooting was just painful. That was one. The second one was we were filming a scene. Uh, I don't want to give it away if people haven't seen it, but I was in a position on a table, uh, kind of in a slaughter room. And before the take, Gene walks up to me because he comes into the room and sees me there. So before we do the take, he walks in and looks like, hey, what's up, Aaron? And just flicks me. But he flicks me in the nut. I mean, and then we, and then all the the director goes, action, and I was just, I was in so much pain. I just rolled off the table, hit the ground, and I was cursing this motherfucker. Out. I was like, I said, Gene, what? She said, Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you so hard. I was only messing around. I mean, I was out for at least 15 minutes. Like I had a, I don't know if when I when I was I was taught by my old you know, gym teacher, Mr. Vinny Whitehead. Uh, that when you get hit in the nut, you got to sit on your ass and like kind of, I, I tried everything. <laughs> I tried everything to get rid of that, that pain, man. But those are the two times that he got me. But he, he is a big, strong bitch. And I don't know if you guys saw the movie, but um, that fight scene at the end between him and, and uh, um, the killer, uh, Jeb Tucker, that's legit. That's all. There's nothing fake there. There's no, uh, the trees that he gets hit with, the branches, they were never sawn in half. They were never, you know, they were real. He hit them and he broke it on them. The cars they flipped onto, all real. Everything you see, the ground, the hits, we didn't use anything fake, man. Those those two guys almost killed themselves. And that was done at like 2 o'clock in the morning in the freezing mountains of Pennsylvania. But, I mean, yeah, I, I give eye hats out to wrestlers, dude. I mean, people used to tell me, oh, it's fake, they're not athletes. Uh, you know, what are they? they? I mean, look, give me a break. I mean, these guys are some of the greatest stuntmen in the world and uh, mm -hmm. they're athletes beyond. I mean, I give, even if I, you know, I don't follow, like I said, I don't follow it that much anymore, but back in the day, I was a diehard and you had to fight me to tell me that it was fake, you know? Until Hogan came out on the Tonight Show, uh, what was it, legally, I think they had to announce it was sports entertainment, right? <laughs> Yes, because uh, Vince wanted to get out of paying taxes in New Jersey. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loopholes, man, loopholes. <laughs> but, but those moves work. I mean, if you're a fan, you must have tried them, right? Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, the figure four leg lock is, is uh -huh. painful as hell. The Campbell clutch, you know, all that stuff. I mean, that stuff works. I mean, mm -hmm. I used to do it with my friends and my brothers when we were kids, man. It was a, I mean, it was painful, but it was fun. You know, never, never did the super fly. I mean, I couldn't jump off that one. I stayed away from the super fly, but, uh, the camel clutch and, uh, what was the one? The iron, that was the iron Sheik, right? Correct. Yes. They used to do that. Uh, yes. 
Oh, the Cobra Clutch was a uh, slaughter, Cobra wasn't it? Slaughter, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. And um, what was the other one we used to do? Oh, the Chicken Wing. Remember the Chicken Wing with Bob Backlund? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't break out the Iron Claw. That was my oh, favorite. Well, Blackjack. Wait, Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah. Talking, there you go. The original Claw. I've got Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I got <laughs> you. <laughs> I love it. Well, I have to ask something similar since we're talking a little bit about wrestling and they always right. say in wrestling, like your characters kind of you just amped up some. So I have to ask, um, is Rick Darris really part of Ernie or is, uh, is that just you just, just acting as best uh, as you can, or is there a little bit of Rick Darris in Ernie? Uh, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> um, there, there is, I mean, listen, I, I, Kevin's, we've had this discussion before, me and Kev, uh, about Rick Darris. Now, as most of the VSQ fans, the diehards know, I was originally Dante. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, me and Kev had our thing, and then that got to Brian O'Halloran, and then he gave me Rick Darris, which everything works out the way it does, and I'm happy and pleased the way it did. Uh, but I will, but when I read the character originally, I was like, Kev. It seems a little, uh, you know, reminiscent of some of the stuff that I used to do when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes, no, nah, no, nah, man, no. Nah. And I was like, dude, but I was, I was the Mac, you know, I, to him, I was like the Mac daddy. You know, I had the girls, I, you know, I always had a girlfriend. I was, I was the first one to get laid. I was this, I was that. And, uh, and I was the first one to drive and kind of things like that. So I think I, I, we like I said, we've had this argument, but I subconsciously, come on, it's too close. It's too close to some of the stuff I was doing. I was not the uh, man whore, I should say that that Darius was. Uh, I was very respectful of women, and I only had one girlfriend at a time, and never cheated. That was my big thing. I would never cheat on a woman, uh, even though they cheated on me. Why? You can't believe that shit. But uh, word. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you something funny. So, uh, I'm taking this. Um, I'm such. You know, I hate to pat myself on the back, but I'm such a nice guy. Uh, right after uh, during high school, uh, when I was between girlfriends, um, there was this great looking girl. I, I can't remember her name, and I apologize. But a beautiful girl. She was. Um, you know, she was a model and stuff. She did some modeling, and she was still going to high school. And I, she was at a party, and we were partying. You know, and I, I don't drink. So I drank for like a month in high school and that was it. Uh, so she was kind of, you know, she was kind of messed up. So I said, hey, man, you, you know, she couldn't get a ride home. I said, I'll take, I'll take you home. And I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did have a girlfriend at the time. So she asked me, I told her I'll take her home. I drove her home. I pull up in front of her house and she says to me, uh, you want to hang out? And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, why don't you come in? My parents aren't here, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, come on in the house. I was like, I can't do that. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, well, don't you want to go, you know? And she, I know what she was implying, you know what I mean? And I was like, I was like, I can't do that. I said, I got a girlfriend. She goes, so? She goes, how's she going to find out? And I was like, I, that's not me. I'm not that guy. I said, you're, you're a beautiful girl. I'm, you're very nice. I said, I want to do you a favor, but I can't go that way. She goes, really? She was so insulted and surprised. Really? Yeah, she was kind of insulted, but then 
surprised that a guy would actually be like that. And, you know, because most guys are man for us, you know, let's admit it, fellas. I mean, they yeah, are, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I turn her down. So year, down the road, I don't know if it's months or years, somehow Kevin hooks up with her. <laughs> and I regretted it because my, my, like months later also, my girlfriend cheated on me with some banana, you know, and I didn't know it. So I'm like, I missed this opportunity. <laughs> this, you know, <laughs> you know, that's bullshit. You know, <laughs> that's what happens if you, you know, you be a nice guy and what, you know, come on. But it's, you know, it's all good fun. It's all good. Yeah. Fun. But I, I, I love the Darius character and I appreciate that Kev runs that Darius thread through a lot of through a lot of the films that he does and he um and even the comic books he runs it through there too so it's really cool i um i gotta say i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit and we'll go yeah. back but um yep the original cast of clerks in reboot i thought that cameo was the best part of that movie because it was all in black and white for the panel but everything else surrounding it was in color and i thought that was fantastic oh well listen so that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell it now, I guess. I, I won't give you the complete behind the, you know, because we have a, tr I have a trust issue with Kev, so I won't let everything go. But uh, so he contacted me and said, hey, you want to come down to New Orleans and uh, be part of Reboot? And I was like, oh, I, you know, of course. You know, what, you, know, you know, I'm always like, when he calls, whatever you need, I don't even ask what it is, what part. You know, he's like, so it was. Uh, I said, well, just send me the paperwork uh, that I got to sign because you have to sign, you know, releases, all this kind of nonsense. And he goes, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff yet. I said, well, just send me the script then and let me know what I'm doing. He goes, oh, you don't need that. <laughs> I was like, excuse me. I was like, uh, well, what do you mean I don't need the script? Am I, am I saying something? And he goes, no. He goes, we don't have it in the budget. You can't say anything. And I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna bring me down to new orleans and i ain't gonna say shit and he goes well yeah it's a great part man you'll love it i'm telling you we're doing this cool thing it's everybody's gonna love it in the film he's like and then he proceeded to tell me what it was he goes we're gonna do this scene it's gonna be in color and then we're gonna transform into black and white he's like it's costing us a fortune to do it so that's why we can't pay you to say anything because the, the effect that they're doing uh costs a lot of money and i was like all right you know I, I guess i mean it's a free you know it's a trip a free trip to new orleans room and board all you know the food you know it all comes you know how it works you get everything the craft services and the, and the per diems and stuff so i was like and plus i was getting to go down with marilyn uh and scott Schiaffo and and cousin johnny who played uh i don't know if you know who cousin johnny is uh he played um cousin johnny's the one that opens up uh, uh, not the opening. The clerks. When clerks, the guy with the orange. Um, I'm trying to remember, he wears the orange uh, vest. He's also, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He's, all, yeah. he's also the original guy in the uh, long version of Clerks, where Dante gets killed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Johnny is the guy that comes in and kills him. Okay. Yeah. Even even though they got they cut that scene out because Miramax didn't want it. Uh, that that's cousin Johnny, and Johnny's been in a bunch of other movies too with Kevin. You know, he's been in Jersey Girl and uh, uh, things, a bunch of other ones. But he's a great dude. I've known him since childhood with Kevin too. 
so he was there. And then, of course, Brian O'Hallen was there. Walt came down, Ming, Mike. I mean, I mean, it was just great to hang out with everybody, you know. And I love being on set with Kev and, you know, laughing it up and being it, being kind of an idiot a little bit. And, it's, and oh, not to mention, I got to hang out, uh, as I always do when she's around, it's Kevin's mom, Grace. Uh, she was there and Don and Virginia. So it was a great, great trip. Uh, and the scene just came out brilliant. I, I love it. I love the way they did it, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back for a minute, uh, Ernie, to uh, the original pitch for Clerks. How did right. Kevin Smith step to you and say, this is what we're going to do? Like, was it was it just off the cuff? I can imagine it's not like a real, you know, everybody sit down. This is what I'm going to do. Like, it's just, hey, we're doing it. Well, it's different for me. Okay. With, every, with everybody else, um, like with Mosier and Vinny and uh, – you know, Brian and all those kind of guys, it's a totally different story. Mine originates a lot sooner. So obviously, like I said, as the, as the true fans know, me and Kevin grew up together. We've known each other mm -hmm. since the fifth grade. Uh, we've always um, bonded with comedy, Saturday Night Live. We always did, we did sketches together. We made our own comedy troupe called Scamods. Um, always wanted to be some sort of movie star, something. We wanted to be in Hollywood. I mean, that was our goal. So we get through high school and towards the end of high school, as we're doing our plays and our comedy, original comedy sketches, things like that, he says he's going to go to film school. He goes to uh, film school and he's telling me about the script that he's doing and he'll send it to me. And I said, okay. And he goes, well, I wrote the script with you and mine as the lead. And that lead was Dante. So he sent it to me and I read it. And I was honest with him. I was like, Kev, well, if, as you know, if you know Kevin's writing, he's very wordy. Mm -hmm. uh, and at that time, in 94 or 93, uh, when he, um, the script, I, I'd probably say it was written in probably more like 92. But, um, but when he presented it to me, I was like, dude, nobody knows this vocabulary. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I get it. He's a smart son of a bitch, you know, and he writes like, you know, Anybody, I mean, he's one of the best writers I've ever, you know, he's just so good and his memory is great and his wording is unbelievable. And I was like, dude, this is the average Joe doesn't know what the fuck that word means. <laughs> and he goes, and then not to mention, I said, you got the F-bomb, the cock, the this, the that, all these words. all of, I was like, You're a, your mother's a full-blown Catholic. She's going to kill you. I mean, there's no way this is going to fly. And it's like an X rating. And I was just being honest at that moment, even though the script was brilliant. I'm thinking to myself, how the hell is this going to get made and get past the rating systems if it goes somewhere, you know? And he did have that problem eventually with the rating system, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of, at that moment, I think he, um, me being honest with him, I think it took him back a little bit, you know? He, he was like, well, really, really? I mean, but I... But he got over that, and then we just moved forward, and then we went to the audition uh, process, and every listen, I never even auditioned, never intended to audition, uh, but I did visit the auditions, and I brought Jeff Anderson with me. Uh, that's how Jeff pretty much got into the movie, because uh, Kev had said something to me one day about, hey, you know, you think Jeff would want to be in the movie? Because Jeff was this, this funny dude in high school, man. I mean, funny. Um, 
So I was able to convince him to come after Kevin was trying to get him to come too. And uh, it just, you know, it's something that it took me a long time, if I'm going to be honest, a long time to get past because I always think, well, what if I did play Dante? You know, mm-hmm. or what? how different would it be? It would be totally different because I would have played him a lot different than Brian played him. And I love the way Brian played him. And I understand now why Kevin took him. But it took me a long time to get past that because we were young, you know, and you were like, oh, you wrote this script for me. So why are you not giving me the role now? But now once he saw Brian's audition, he's like, holy shit. I, this is really how the character should be. Because he knew what I could do. Even though he didn't never really saw how, what I would do with the, with the character, he already saw it in Brian at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had, I've had discussions with Brian over this, over the, you know, we're, we're cool as hell. We're, we're good friends. Uh, I was just with him yesterday doing a little bit thing, that, and he's part of a, a sitcom that I'm doing right now with my buddy Troy. So, I mean, me and him, are we're fine. Uh, and I never had any ill wills toward Brian. Uh, it was just something personal me and Kevin had to get through. And like true friends do, you know, we've been friends for over 40 years. You know, we're like brothers. So it was just a bump in the road. We got through it. And like I said before, everything happens for a reason. I'm still here. I'm still doing things with Kev. You know, we're still great friends. We have the utmost respect for each other. And as you can see, he just, you know, he gave me one of his most prized possessions, uh, which totally meant so much to me. He gave me the reins and said, here, build me a new secret stash. He's like, you do what you want. I know what you can do. I trust you. Go build me something great. And last night we did a, I did a video walkthrough with him uh, I've been sending him photos and pictures and stuff, and I don't know if you guys have seen some of the um, secret stash, uh, project stash, we're calling it, on his YouTube channel that we've been doing uh, for the last couple months. But last night we did the final walkthrough, and, I mean, it was good to hear the simple words of just thank you. Just thank you for giving me what I wanted, or more than what I wanted. You mm-hmm. might my expectations were not this high and you just blew, you know, he's like, you blew it out of the, blew it out. And I'm not looking to listen. I'm not, if, you know, my, if my friends would tell you, I'm not the guy that looks for the pat on the back or, you know, I'm, I'm very humble when it comes to what I do. I don't think I'm great at anything. You know, it's people that tell, you know, they tell you or appreciate you. And that's all I want is the appreciation and to have it from him, from something that's so dear to him is the secret stash. It really meant a lot. And I, I think the fans are going to just go nuts when they start going into the store because it's like a museum. I mean, it's, it's well displayed. You can really appreciate um, not just the comics that are there and the, the sculptures and the statues, but the history and the movie memorabilia that is in this store is just displayed in a way where you can really look at it. Where before in the old stash, as great as that was, um, and as I want to say, the old stash was, had, you know, it was like a comfort zone. It was tight. It was small. Everything was kind of, conf- you know, bunched in there. Where now it's kind of like bigger and open. So you can really appreciate like the Brody sign, you know, mm-hmm. the movie sign. You can appreciate the, the Buddy Christ is just unreal. We, I, we built a great shrine for the Buddy Christ. 
And like well, like I said before, the tusk is at ground level behind the bars where you can actually almost almost get up and kiss them if you really want. <laughs> there you go, Jason. Yeah. So it's a great thing. And I know the fans are going to respect the stash because of all the hard work that was put into it and all the memories that are there. It's just I'm, – I'm blown away by the fan base. It's, it's just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. They are. They're just – they just keep coming back. Every time we do something, they just keep coming. And now we're going to have our big grand opening in March. I believe we're looking at March 13th and 14th that weekend. Uh, we're going to have a grand opening. Now, of course, we can't have the grand opening that we'd really like to have. Sure. Because of what's going on. I mean, originally, we wanted to close the streets down. We wanted to do a big whole event. We wanted to have food trucks coming in, you know, like a movie's food truck, and do all this cool stuff. But it's yeah. tough. You know, it, it really is. So hopefully we're going to have a great grand opening. I, I will say that because Kevin and Jerry are going to be there. And we always do it, you know, in a way that the fans love it. Uh, but then there's, you know, looking forward, we got the one-year anniversary. If all this stuff is behind us, the one-year anniversary, I mean, who knows what we're going to do then. It just, it just goes and goes, man. I'm, it's, it's, it's amazing. That the whole un- view askew universe, the clerks, the everything to do with Kev, it's just it's it baffles me that it's been going on for what now 26, 26 years, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And I mean, to have guys like you supporting it and you know liking all the stuff that we do is, you know, I I know I'm appreciative, dude. I re- I really am. And that you I also that you also follow our other stuff too. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. 100 Acres. Where is it? Yep, there it is. You <laughs> You mentioned 100 Acres of Hell, which is great. I mean, that's just – everything branches off from where we come from. And, you know, I started with Kev, and my my legacy goes on with him still being a part of it. And it, it's all because of Clerks. So I'm taking a long weekend from work, and I've been thinking about coming down to the Secret Stash. I'm glad you said the grand opening is the 12th and 13th because that's the weekend well, I started it off. I, well, thirteenth and fourteenth. I, I think the twelfth is. Uh, um, I think the twelfth is Friday. Yep, and that's the week I'm off. Yeah, the thirteenth is Saturday and Sunday. From what Kev tells me, uh, it looks as of right now. I mean, who knows what the world's doing? But as of right now, he's planning on going to Florida, as everybody knows, to do the movies in Orlando, the the pop up movies in Orlando, and then he's going to try to jump on a plane and come down here. He's, I think he's may have made the announcement on Twitter already and Facebook. Unless, you know, the world shuts down again, the 13th and 14th of March, the stash is having a grand opening with Kevin there, Jason there. Obviously, Brian will be there. We'll probably have, you know, myself, Shiafo, and whoever else wants to come by, man. It's going to be a good good time. Yeah, I think my daughter and I are going to be in attendance for that because, like I said, I took the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. So a road trip from Ohio to Jersey, I can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you got to love it. And then, you know, you get to go into the Tell Them Steve, Dave, uh, general store, too, which we got. You know, they got their own spot now, which is pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you have any upcoming projects that you'd like to talk about real quick, Ernie? I know we've covered quite a bit in the time uh, that yeah, we've been chatting, but. I got um, I got a couple projects out. I got uh a comedy feature that i did that's on amazon that's on amazon right now called gone for the weekend uh which is kind of like a bachelor party-esque type of uh, feature and then i got kilroy was here 
um, uh, I got Kilroy was here with Kevin that I did. That's his next horror trilogy. That's he's telling me that's supposed to come out in the next couple months. I mean, that was done with the Ringling School down in Orlando. Mm -hmm. okay. Orlando? No, not Orlando. I'm sorry, Sarasota. Uh, I think it's, yeah, Sarasota. yeah. I was gonna say yeah, yeah, Sarasota. Um, I sent it. I got a copy of that. He sent me a copy of it. Uh, I watched it. And, I mean, I, I I just love all that horror stuff. So you know, so I got that, and then I got my own short called The Seventh Day that I'm going to be releasing, which I had in the film festival circuit for a while. So I'm releasing that in the next couple months. And then currently I'm working on that sitcom I was talking about with uh, mm -hmm. my buddy Troy Burbank called uh, On Our on Own. And uh, I brought in Brian O'Halloran for that to play a special part that we wrote for him. So, I mean, those are pretty much the things that are on the horizon. And we're all still waiting for Shooting Clerks to come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Shooting Clerks is another another thing that all the fans are uh, waiting to come out. And I, I mean, I've got a nice little juicy part in that, which is pretty cool. That's, That's cool. awesome. I got to yeah. ask you about two that uh, are in pre-production, uh, Dog and the Dead Guy and Zombie Death Camp. Those titles <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. So Dog and the Dead Guy is from the guys who are doing Shooting Clerks. Okay. Uh, they approached me about it if I would – um, do a recurring role in that, like I did in Shooting Clerks, because they love that character so much that I, uh, I guess I want to say I kind of created. Uh, so I told them yes. As of right now, I don't know when they when they're gonna get on that. I still think they're still trying to get Shooting Clerks out of the way. Um, so that's that. And as far as uh, was Z Zombie Death Camp, is that the other one you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. So Zombie Death Camp was a movie that. Uh, we were working on with Jason Kerner and Ed McKeever through uh, that we did 100 Acres of Hell with. Um, but I took the script and rewrote it and turned it into something else. And then I made the decision and I talked to Jason about it. And I said, I, I hate to say I made the decision, but I approached him and said, I'm not really sure if we should go the route of the zombie again. Or not again, but to go to zombie because to me it's getting, you know, overplayed. Yeah. yeah. There's zombie stuff everywhere. I mean, I see a couple zombie things coming out now. I mean, the only thing I'm really looking forward to, to be honest, is World War Z 2. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. The Train Busan was really good. Yeah. I thought. Yes. Great. I, I thought that was great. Uh, but, I, I mean, I was, I was a huge Walking Dead fan. Yeah. It just... I mean, you've seen all the comments through through the last couple of years. It's yeah. just they've been stringing you along with. They have good episodes. It's I don't know. I, 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 I yeah, it's tough. So the zombie <laughs> thing, I was just like, you know what? Let's let's get away from the zombie thing. And I rewrote it, and then it morphed into uh, what is now going to be Hundred Acres of Hell Two. Oh, that's oh. awesome! Oh, that, um, that's cool. Yeah. So, I got one last question for you. Is Hundred Acres of Hell the is that how you met Stacy Toy or did you guys know each other prior? Uh well it was very close to that because I met Stacy originally at the Weekend of Fear is a convention I did for Dave Madison. Okay. Uh, Dave Madison, uh, a great filmmaker. He's got some um, I think Wit's End he's got out right now. 
and there's another project some a werewolf project uh that he just finished filming and he's waiting to come out but um he invited me to the weekend of fear in pa and that's the first time i got introduced to stacy and then she was a big clerks fan so we kind of hit it off and then one thing led to another i think my buddy jason kerner came up and um we kind of hit it off everybody kind of hit it off and she was looking to help in production or anything she could get her hands on. And that's how we kind of got involved with Stacy. And then through the, through the years, me and Stacy have become really, really good friends um, and are involved in a bunch of big projects right now that we're trying to get off the ground. We got, we got one with uh, that Paramount is waiting for the script for, uh, which is a great, great uh, concept. It's her life story uh and it's very it's very deep and dark and uplifting and emotional i mean it is one of those films that's just like there's no way that this could have happened and there's no way that this girl could have been through this and done what she has done and i i can't get into all the you know ins and outs of her life because that's not for me to do She's been uh, on the podcast. She's a friend. Yeah, I, right. I know that it's fair yeah. inspiring. Right. So I'm a part of that film, uh, me and her, uh, which is going to be called Buddha Vista Highway. Uh, and that's a really, really big thing that we're trying to, you know, we're in the process right now of, of having the script written. Uh, so once we get that done, then we're going to move forward and, and bring that to the world and that's really something i'm really really excited for and especially for her because her story needs to be told and stories mm -hmm. like that of hers need to be told it's just yeah it's mm -hmm. it's very uplifting you know it yeah. cuts you in so many different ways during the film but at the end result uh it's just it shows what is really in humanity and 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 how they can you know forgive and and yeah. the ultimate mm -hmm. The ultimate goal is just to love people and and you know to love everybody which is unfortunately kind of tough to find nowadays absolutely know? we met we met stacy about eight months ago and she's been so supportive yeah. of us and she set up this interview for us so i'm super yeah she's a she's a great lady and we've we've had the opportunity to go to the grammys four times together and uh she knows my wife really well. Most people would be like, they were like, hey, what do you mean you're going to the Grammys without your wife? You're going with this other chick and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, she's a working, you know, she's a work partner. I mean, we do projects together. And I invited my wife to the Grammys with Stacy the first time we went. Uh, but my wife couldn't make it because of work. So she's like, you just go. I mean, I have the coolest wife in the world. Trust me. I mean, she's the greatest. Uh, so every year, the tickets got harder and harder to get. So at the first year we had four, then it went back down to two and two. So it was, it's tough. I mean, but she's a great person. I mean, I look forward to having a lot of projects with her. Yeah. And she's doing that fandom thing now, which is great. I don't know yeah. if you guys saw that, uh, the fandom with, uh, uh, the, I think the last person they had was uh, Ice-T and Coco was the last one I saw. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've been promoting the CBD brand that she's been helping yes. put out there. Yeah, I tried. Uh, she approached me about that because you know, we all know Kev's a big pothead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she said, "Hey, what do you think about?" Kev? And I said, "Listen, I, you know, I'll run it by him, but 
he's already got his hands knee deep in that. He, you know, he's got his own line, his own strain, his own this. He's, you know, for him to switch midstream is kind of not a smart move. But with that said, I still did tell him about it. So if his goes to the wayside, we always, you know, I'll definitely bring Stacy into the loop. Anything I can do to help her or just to help a friend to move forward, you know, I'm all about it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I want to thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully I get to meet you in Jersey in a month. That'd be a lot of fun. But um, where can everybody find you online? Well, the easiest place to find me is Facebook. Uh, Kevin has told me to get onto Instagram, which I have, but I, I am the heart. I mean, I'm on Instagram as OD blue seven, but I have the hardest time navigating Instagram. I don't, I don't know what it is. Facebook. Join the club. Right. Join I mean, the club. Facebook seems so easy to me. Instagram is very difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, my nephews think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I had to have my daughter teach me how to use right? Instagram. So I yeah. understand. <laughs> I don't, it's just like, come on, man. Really? I don't know how to put all the strange thing. I don't even know how to, I'm trying to upload something. I'm like, did I upload it? Did I not upload it? I mean, it's like, it's right. It's, I'm bad. I'm bad, dude. I got, I need a class. I think I got to get my man Ming Chen to help me out with that. You always... <laughs> I joined Tik. My dot, uh, everybody's been telling the podcast that we need to get on TikTok. And I signed up for TikTok for the podcast. Is I felt it? like a pervert being on there for like two minutes. It is not for grown men. That's no, no, I'm, I'm staying away from TikTok. I'm <laughs> I am too. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm on I'm on Twitter too. I think it's E O'Donnell seven on Twitter, and uh, I I I I post a little bit on Twitter too, but not that much. I mean, uh, Facebook just seems so simple to me. It is, you know. So that's where I kind of live a lot, and uh, a lot of fans reach out to me through that and through Instant Messenger, and it, it's been working out really well. And I, I mean, I've gotten. It's amazing what social media does. It's just how it puts all of us together. I mean, it's, it's insane. It really is. So, but that's how you guys pretty much. I mean, you guys. So you you guys got me through Stacy, right? Yeah, she put yes. us in a group chat together, and then I messaged right. you privately after how, that. So how did you get to Stacy? Uh, we used to have a. We used to have a, don't don't mention it. Don't mention what? it. Jason. I'm not going to mention the names, but we used to have a PR person that we both used to work uh, with, okay. and now we you no longer work. Brother. I know the story. You don't have to go to <laughs> we'll keep it right there. We'll talk after the broadcast. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, check us out on all the usual spots. Uh, thank you again, Ernie. Have a great day. Yeah.